It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi. Welcome back to our Daily Thunder series on Victorious Living. In this session, we are going to be focusing on embracing proactive Christianity. We've been talking about making ourselves fully available to God, sprinting toward danger rather than retreating from it, and we're going to be talking about how to live out our Christianity in a proactive rather than a reactive way. A number of years ago, Eric and I stumbled across a series of messages given by Catherine Booth a number of generations ago. She was the co-founder with her husband, William, of the Salvation Army, and that ministry was so so astounding because they were very, very proactive in spreading the gospel everywhere they went. They would seek out the lost, the destitute, the dying, the hopeless, and they would aggressively go after those souls. And they saw tremendous fruit and just thousands and thousands of people coming into the kingdom of God because they chose proactive Christianity. And her series of messages was called Aggressive Christianity. And she was saying things, really a challenge to the church to say, you know, if you knew that the souls around you were dying and going to a Christless eternity, if you really understood that, would you just sort of sit there passively and hope that these lost souls would come to you and ask you questions? Or would you relentlessly pursue them until they grasped the truth? And that was her challenge. And and Eric and I found it very, very powerful and very challenging to look at our commission from God in a proactive rather than a reactive light. Proactive Christianity seeks opportunities to boldly proclaim Christ, while reactive Christianity stays silent in order to self-protect. And that's what we see happening around us in the world today. As Christians, we are very prone to self-protect. We see the darkness that is just cascading into our culture, and we see our rights being threatened, our freedoms being maybe threatened in the future, and we think we need to really focus on protecting ourselves. But we're not often thinking about how are we supposed to be proactive and bold in our Christianity rather than reactive and self-protective. For most of us, it is very counterintuitive to go toward danger instead of away from it. We talked in the last session about David sprinting toward Goliath, the greatest threat against Israel. Everybody else was running the other way, and he was sprinting toward the danger with liquid ferocity. And that is because he was looking at the situation through heavenly eyes rather than earthly eyes. Throughout history, God's kingdom has advanced when his people were proactive instead of reactive in living out their faith. If you just study even just the Salvation Army, you can see incredible, incredible revival and growth and people coming into the kingdom of God and captives being set free all over the world simply because those children of God were proactive instead of reactive in spreading the gospel and living out their faith. And so as our world is growing darker and more hostile toward truth, each of us needs to decide what kind of Christian we're going to be, proactive or reactive. I want to share with you a really powerful story from a book that I read when I was in high school. It's the true story of Esther on Kim. And for a long time, it was the best-selling religious book in Korea. Esther on Kim also known as An E. Suk, was a young woman who lived in Korea during the Second World War, and she courageously stood for her faith when the Japanese military took over her country and persecuted the Christians. And the defining moment for her is that she was face-to-face with the decision of whether she would bow at the shrine of the Japanese sun god, because if she refused, it would mean imprisonment, torture, and possibly death. And so as a young woman, even though other Christians were giving into the pressure and bowing, 
she chose to refuse to bow at this shrine and she angered the Japanese officials and she ended up being on the run from them for quite a number of months. Her stand that she made that day in front of all of those people was such an amazing example of standing boldly for Jesus when nearly everyone around her was crumbling in fear. But later in the book, I feel like she made an even more baffling decision. It was hard enough to be the only one standing upright when everyone around you is bowing at the shrine of the sun god, and you know that you'll likely be persecuted or arrested if you choose to make that decision. So that was astounding in and of itself. But then she went into hiding for a number of months, and she knew that if she was found, she would be arrested, put in prison, possibly tortured and killed. And she was this young woman in her 20s and fragile health. She had grown up in a very privileged home, so she wasn't used to prison and suffering and hardship. And so she was in hiding and she came in contact with a Japanese general who was also a believer. And he offered to take her under his protection. He said, I will keep you from going to prison. You can live with me. I'll pay for you to go to seminary. You can serve God without having to suffer for him. And she felt very strongly that God was calling her to something more dangerous. She and another Christian friend had felt for some time that they were to present a spiritual warning to the Japanese government leaders who were oppressing believers all across Korea. And she knew that decision would likely cost her life, but she had already counted the cost. So when she had the opportunity to self-protect, to come under the protection of this Japanese general, this was the conversation that happened between them. The general said, it is not necessary that you die to serve the Lord. With your faith and your ability to impress others, you will be able to do much for God. But her response was surprising. You think I am a living person, she told him, but I am already dead. The moment I stood up for this task, I, on e died. She fully understood what it meant to count the cost and take up her cross and follow Christ where he was leading her and not cling to her life. A few days after that conversation, she sprinted toward the battle. She and her Christian friend walked boldly into a gathering of high-ranking Japanese government leaders and delivered the warning that God had placed on their hearts. And as expected, the leaders were infuriated. She was arrested and she spent six years in prison on the brink of death, being tortured and starved in those Japanese prisons. At one point during her prison stay, she was given the opportunity to be transferred to a more comfortable prison with better food and more freedom, but she deliberately chose to suffer in the worst prison amid horrific conditions in order to support and strengthen her fellow Christians who were also suffering for their faith. I was so challenged when I heard that story because she had the chance to self-protect and she chose greater suffering for the glory of God. How many of us would be willing to make a similar choice, to choose hardship and danger over self-protection for the glory of God? I think about Mary Slessor. We've talked about her before. When she saw the tribal warrior about to scald that woman to death with the hot oil, she could have self-protected. She could have retreated and gone back to her hut and just kind of waited it out. But she ran toward the danger, putting her own life at risk for the glory of God. Now, it's easy to believe that if any of us were ever faced with extreme circumstances, like those we see in the lives of David or Daniel or Esther, or heroes of the faith like An E. Suk or Mary Slessor, we would choose to sprint toward the battle just like those brave men and women did. But if we are not willing to live out proactive Christianity on a daily basis, 
we won't be ready to do that in bigger situations. We need to start right where we are. And it's important to understand that we don't need to be in extreme situations in order to sprint toward the battle. Think about David. He prepared for his battle with Goliath beforehand by protecting a few helpless sheep from a hungry bear and a lion. He learned how to wrestle those threats and push those threats away, and that prepared him for his battle against Goliath. I would encourage you to prayerfully consider what battles God might be asking you to sprint toward today right now in your current circumstances. So for example, sprinting toward humility. Is God asking you to go to someone that you wronged and make things right? If so, don't hesitate. Sprint toward that battle. His amazing grace will flow into your life as you choose to humble yourself and obey him even if it is difficult or sprint toward wrestling prayer. Maybe God is asking you to tirelessly wrestle in prayer for a financial or relational or physical need. Don't waver. Go boldly into the throne room of grace and sprint toward the battle. Just like Jacob wrestling with God, spiritual breakthroughs will come when you doggedly refuse to let go of his promises. Or sprinting toward endurance. Maybe God is asking you to fight for the salvation or the restoration of a soul that he's placed in your life, maybe even in your own family. Don't give up believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things for the sake of that precious soul. Sprint toward that battle, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. God has placed that burden on your heart for a reason, and he cares more about that person than you ever could. So decide right now that you will not give up. Or sprinting toward freedom. Maybe God is asking you to gain victory over strongholds in your life, like fear or unforgiveness through his enabling power, his enabling grace. Don't subside into apathy. Sprint toward the battle. As Catherine Booth said, rise up on the strength of God and resolve to conquer. And because she had that attitude, she lived out proactive Christianity. As you consistently and proactively replace lies with truth in your life, you will be set free. And as John 8, 36 says, not just free, but free indeed. Or sprinting toward triumph. Maybe God is calling you to joyfully embrace a challenging circumstance. Don't allow complaining or self-pity to take over. Instead, proactively choose to rejoice in all things. Sprint toward the battle. When you choose to rejoice in difficulty, you will begin to see miracles because God promises to work all things together for good for those who love him and put their trust in him, as it says in Romans 8, 28 or sprinting towards evangelism, sharing your faith. Maybe God's prompting you to stand up for your faith among non-believing friends or family members. Don't hide behind a veil of social approval or political correctness. Sprint toward the battle. Don't worry about your own lack of eloquence or confidence because it is only God who can change hearts anyway. Simply offer yourself as a vessel in his hands and he will give you his words to speak as you depend fully on him. You could read about that in Luke 12, 11, and 12. No matter what battles God is asking you to sprint toward today, remember he has already made provision for everything you need to obey him, just as David found those five smooth stones to defeat Goliath at exactly the right moment. Let's talk about what it means to conquer our personal giants of fear. One thing that holds us back from proactive Christianity is fear. The enemy wants to paralyze us and keep us from moving forward and cause us to retreat and self-protect. The way that David approached Goliath, how he sprinted toward him with liquid ferocity, is exactly the same way that God has called us to tackle our own 
personal giants of fear. And we need to be set free from those giants so that we can be made strong to be poured out so that we can be proactive and aggressive in winning souls around us for the glory of God. Now, when I talk about conquering personal giants of fear, this is something I have walked through in my own life. Earlier in my Christian walk, I was basically controlled by anxiety attacks. I would wake up in the night with my heart pounding, with my mind racing, and I felt really in the grip, in the control of fear. I tried a lot of human solutions. I tried mental mindset shifts. I tried diet changes. I tried all sorts of things that promised to set me free from anxiety, but I only found freedom from anxiety and fear in the word of God. Here are a few key truths that I learned in that time that set me free from the bondage of fear. And the first one is that courage is part of our calling. If you are a woman listening to this podcast today, you might find it interesting to know that in Proverbs 31, where it says, who can find a virtuous woman, the word virtuous there literally means valiant, mighty, and strong. And it's the very same word used to describe David's valiance and boldness when he conquered Goliath. The chief characteristic of the Proverbs 31 woman is strength. And that's not merely a nice idea. It's part of the calling of godly womanhood. It's part of the calling of godly manhood as well. But I think it's interesting that it is specific in Proverbs 31 to godly womanhood. We need to remember that what God calls us to, he equips us for. And since he has called each of us as his children to courage, he will give us what we need to walk in courage. We're not to look within ourselves to find it. He will supply what we need. One of the other key truths that I learned in that time is that surrender leads to strength. The secret to being proactive and courageous in our Christianity is not striving or trying to rise up to a standard. It's actually surrender. It's not about impressing the world with our own strengths. It's about getting out of the way so that God's amazing strength can be seen through our lives. And so if you are struggling with fear or anxiety, those giants of fear that are intimidating you and holding you back, take a moment to ask whether you've ever really fully surrendered your life to Christ or if there is an area of your life that God is pinpointing that you need to lay at his feet. Because when you lay those things down and you say, this is no longer my life, Lord, come and live through me the life you desire to, that is what it means to get out of the way so that his amazing strength can be seen through our lives. Surrender leads to strength. And remember, to be a courageous, proactive Christian, you don't have to rise up to that. You have to surrender and let God do that through you. Another key truth that I learned in that time is that worry ignores God's amazing grace. When we give into worry and anxiety, we're fretting and worrying about the what ifs. It shows a lack of trust in our God. David didn't do that when he was approaching Goliath. He didn't sit there and calculate all the things that could possibly go wrong. He just fixed his gaze, the gaze of his soul on the power of God. When we envision all of the possible difficulties and problems we might face, but we fail to look at those things through a heavenly lens and remember the strength and the grace and the victory that God offers for every challenge we need to walk through, it changes our ability to be proactive in our faith. We need to remember that God gives us the grace for specific trials and temptations and challenges right when we need it and not before. 
As Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God has given us grace for what's right in front of us today. And we're not to waste time calculating what might go wrong in the future. That is one of the things that most paralyzes us and prohibits us from walking in proactive Christianity. Corey Ten Boom said, worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. I have found that to be so true in my own life. We will not be able to be proactive and powerful in living out our Christianity when we are consumed about worries that haven't even happened yet. It's so important to let truth triumph over what ifs. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that we are to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That is only possible by the grace of God. But as Martin Luther said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. So whenever you are tempted to dwell on those fearful what-if scenarios, fill your mind with truth instead. I have found that a great way to start this principle is by memorizing some of the Psalms, like Psalm 27, 34, 37, 46, 91, and 112. Those are just a few of my favorites. There are loads of others. But whenever you are faced with the temptation to fear, those words of truth can become such vital weapons with which to chase away those fearful thoughts. The more you fill your mind with truth, the scarcer those lies are going to become. Another key principle I learned when I was being set free from fear is that we have power to resist the enemy's lies. It says in James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that was a revolutionary concept when I really grasped the meaning of that verse because I had just been sort of passively taking the enemy's attacks and lies. And this verse is saying you have the power, you have the authority in Christ to resist to push back and he will flee, not he might flee, but he will flee. And then in Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And when we understand who we are in Christ, the authority that we have in him, we have the power to sprint toward the battle, to sprint toward danger instead of retreating from it. That is the perspective that David had that day when he sprinted toward Goliath. That is the perspective that Esther on Kim had that day when she chose a harder road, a road of suffering for the glory of God. I would encourage you not to just roll over and play dead when the enemy attacks you with fear. Begin taking your authority in Christ to resist the enemy's lies and don't let him push you back and paralyze you because as Christians, we are meant to be offensive and not defensive in the kingdom of God. When we resist the enemy in Christ's authority, he must flee. Embracing proactive Christianity begins with a mindset shift. No longer is this life about how we can have it easy and how we can self-protect and how we can have the most security and the most comfort possible. We are here to do a job. We are here as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Are we taking that calling seriously? Are we willing to go right into the greatest danger in order to proclaim truth? And so that mindset shift, that willingness is a work of grace that needs to happen in our soul. And then second, 
Secondly, to understand how to embrace courage, how to push fear back, how not to let the enemy get the upper hand in our life and control us with fear, but to rise up on the strength of God and resolve to conquer, to learn how to take fearful thought captives, to learn how to push the enemy back. When we begin to understand our authority over fear and remove the access that fear has in our life, then we will be equipped to truly take this world by storm for Jesus Christ. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. In our next episode, we're going to talk about practical things we can do right now to begin living out proactive Christianity. This week, my encouragement to you is to allow God to shift your mindset, cultivate a deeper willingness to live out proactive Christianity, and to actively take our position in Christ to push back the enemy and walk in heavenly boldness. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.